0: T. Music.
1: Yo, we're in the literal studio with my boy, (laughs) my brother, my friend, Austin James. I was just explaining to him that he's literally the only rock star that I know, and he's the best one. So we're here now. Um, As you guys know, we are on season three, where we are talking about self-improvement, growth, development, all the things that we need to do. And if anybody knows anything about me, I am a music head. Music saves my life at least once a week. And who better to have the conversation with, with the maestro himself, Mr. James. How you doing, brother? What up, dude? What's up, man? Welcome. I'm, I'm welcome, so
2: welcome to the abode, my friend.
1: I'm super excited. Uh, he's downplaying because he's such a calm and humble person. I'm wild excited because this dude not only plays every instrument I think I've ever seen, but is a musical phenom. Um, help me understand uh, music. Like from your perspective, what is if y'all noticed the whole title? I try to be like spiffy with it. Songs in the key of me, and you know, I try to be cool.
2: I just don't
1: you know, I tried that. Tell me, what what does music do for you? What, like, how did we get here?
2: So music, I mean, it's always been a big part of my life. Um, it was a you know, part of our family. Um, you know, growing up in church and uh, my grandfather, and it just it's it's in our it's in our blood. So you know, I really do believe that. Um, past experiences become part of our DNA and they carry over into into our you know future generations. And so I think that that's inherently a part of me. Um, but it was really fostered by my parents, and they made sure that I had access to music lessons and and to musical opportunities in general. Um, and then I didn't really start writing until, 2009, after my sister passed away, and that's when I really delved into music as as a healthy coping mechanism and creative outlet. Because um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really have any other way of expressing how I really felt, Right. Um, especially being being a man and showing emotion and feeling. And you know, we got to put a pin in it. Right other than man. anger, yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's that's where we get this giant so to speak societal issue where we're not allowed to really be emotional Mm. and you know you hate to see it in the end where a man i was watching i was watching a video and this vet was going through a hard time and he's about to go do some dangerous things and just you know by the grace of god uh, the cop that shows up is a vet he's like bro i know what you're going through i know what's going on in your head right now but you got to stop and it's like where were the sets prior to that to help him from getting away from the ledge before he tried to jump off it? Mm. And, that, like you said, dealing with such an emotional place in life, music was the only outlet because who wants to hear an emotional man? No one really gives us an outlet to be that way. But you want us to be emotional and vulnerable and accessible, but you don't give us an outlet to be emotional mm-hmm. unless it's on your time. Correct. Yeah, it's wild. Mm-hmm. And I, I think music did the same thing for me, you know, in my, my depressive, you know, I call it the depressive years. My teen years, I, I deep dived into music so hard. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nickelback, uh, just Evanescence. Anything I could find that sounded like they knew what I was talking about, Yeah, I'm feasting on it. James Brown, Ludwig van Beethoven, I'm jumping into everything that I felt spoke to me. Didn't matter what the yeah.
2: genre is. No, at the end of the day, it really doesn't. If it speaks to you, it speaks to you. It doesn't matter how it's constructed or presented. If it if it touches your life in a in a specific way, you you, you gotta latch onto it. You know,
1: so and that, it's like it's like a uh, what do you call it? What do you think they throw off the boat? Uh, the little life, oh life saver.
2: Lessons, the, Yeah,
1: yeah it's called <laughs> life saver. So it's like you you're clinging on to hope, where. I wish these lyrics were my own words mm-hmm. so that I could tell you how I feel. And then in your instance, they are your own words so you can tell people how you feel. Mm-hmm. I used to, oh, I say used to, cause I've definitely felt wrong. I used to write poetry where I felt so alleviated in the stanzas, but couldn't use the words to tell other people how I feel. The paper knew and the pen knew, but that's about it. And I never got it to a point where I felt comfortable enough to let what's off the paper to other people's ears. Yeah. That's why I admire you so much, because you get a chance to not only write and create your own sound and music and develop the all the things that go with it, but other people get to hear your story.
2: Yeah, I think I I, I, I needed to be really open in order to do that, because um, I, I was so closed off before, but I had to allow myself that room, that grace with myself to be able to say, hey, you know what? Tell your story. It can heal you, but it can also heal others. So I think, you know, healing healing isn't linear. Healing isn't just a um, self-imposed thing. It's, it's going to affect the people around you. So by you healing yourself, you start to heal your circle. You start to heal the people that you come into contact with. And it's with music, it's such, such a beautiful thing because, you know, you're performing in front of other people, complete strangers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my music can touch them and then that message can touch other people that they come into contact right. with. So it's this beautiful domino effect. Um, and I'm just, I'm grateful that I, get to, that I get to do that, that I get to share my music in that way, in that healing way. Um, You know, and it's not all emotional music and this, that, and the other. Sometimes it's just, it's just pure joy. Right. Rocking on stage with a band and just, you know, bringing joy to people. Um, So it's really, uh, it's a really, it's a really special thing that I've been able to um, cultivate in my life. So I'm thankful for it.
1: It's crazy that all the things that you said were selfless. And I think that what we miss is in order to really develop and grow as people, you have to be selfless. You cannot take this journey and be a taker the whole time. Mm -hmm. Because what you said, the healing, I I hear it in business. So word of mouth gets you far. People, let's say people in my circle know you because I've said it. Like when, when you came and played for the wedding, I told my wife, when we first got engaged, Austin's playing. I didn't even ask you yet. I just told her, Austin's playing. What do you mean? I said, I got songs. I know he knows, him. if he doesn't, I know he can figure it out. Austin's playing. She looks at me like, who's Austin? I was like, huh, you don't know. <laughs> and I went on this like whole rant real quick, because it's like people like, I would say people like us who are artistic and find that safe refuge in artistry, we have to be, you know, cheerleaders for each other, because yeah, it's, it's cool to put it out, but like you said, the healing starts happening when other people hear it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's like it begins to emanate through your your social circles and it goes around and people start getting put on the let you know people put you on the music before like oh I I never heard of certain things and I'll have a friend put me on. <laughs> Someone put me on Eminem when I was a kid mm-hmm. and stand to this day has a very tender spot in my heart. That song I know word for word bar for bar and it did something in a time that therapy wasn't doing, conversations weren't doing, um, friends weren't doing. So now that I'm not there, if I hear it on the radio, I'm, sure I'm going to block out everything else and sing bar for bar. Let's go, because mm-hmm. it, it hits a, a, a homie place. And I think that, like I said, in order to really heal and be who we're supposed to be, we can't think about ourselves solely. No, because if you're if you're going to be selfish, why exist? We're made to be cohabitants. We're made to be those in fellowship. We can't not fellowship with one another. So why not do it the best way by making sure that the community is healing too?
2: Yeah, I mean, it really does take a village. We need we need community. We need people that we can that we can trust and lean on. I mean, if we don't have that and you're trying to traverse life by yourself, I mean, God, that's just that's a difficult thing. I, I, I wouldn't wanna do that and I think these days there's so many people that are lonely and I and I fall into that category sometimes not lonely in the sense that oh I need another person it's lonely in the sense that where's where's that community Because you feel it you feel yeah. the need for the community
1: yeah and you're like but where so it's like it's almost like being that person with the imaginary friend I can see them why can't you see them so you feel the the draw for community where are you? Yeah. I was in the bank the other day and that just happened like three more times while I was sitting at my desk and I'll just look up. I'll say, not to be too personal, do you have ADHD? And they're like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I love you. Thank you. And what we'll, we'll forget what we're doing business-wise and just vibe. And the lady yesterday took such a deep breath and we did it at the same time because it's, we call them normies. Being around normies and have to code switch for people that don't understand how our brains work can be exhausting. But then when we run into one another, it's, oh, hey, the community, like, it's the drawing. Oh, my God. Oh, I feel so much better. And that it took my whole day away because I'm like, man, I know I have to be a banker and a father and a husband and a, a leader and all these things. But when I get to be me around people who are like me, boy, yeah. it's like the most peaceful thing. Like, as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh, I'm at peace. Look at this. It's music everywhere. Yeah. I can't take it. That's how I feel like when I go to a guitar singer, I just sit in the guitar room. I don't even touch them. I just sit in there and just imagine what could be played or who's been in here to play. And it just brings me to such a happy place. Because like I said, music has followed me through every season of life. Good, bad, or indifferent, there's been music every step of the way. Makes hmm. you think. It does. I'm thinking now when I was a kid, my mom used to play Boys to Men. And we used to stand on the, well, my mom's six foot one. So we used to stand on the back of the couch and dance with her to Boys the Men. She used to let us listen, listen to Motown and Smokey Robinson and all the good classics. So that when I'm 10 and 12 years old, I'm singing ABC from the Jackson Five and I have no idea what rap is. So I'm singing all the, the old joints. My friends are like, oh, you don't know that. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, bro. Hmm. I didn't listen to rap until I was in like, Maybe ninth grade, tenth grade. Wow. So I'm, I'm stuck, and even now, I'll be around the house chilling, whatever. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. And my daughter, be like, huh? So I'll sing it to her. My mom comes to me, and is like, why does Madison know Earth, Wind, and Fire? Because I'm a good parent. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm a good dad. That's why. But think about, think about how far music goes back for you. Yeah. Remember that movie, uh, Brown Sugar? They said, when did when you first fall in love with hip-hop? When did you first fall in love with music?
2: <sighs> right. Yeah. I think as soon as I could play well on the violin. I mean, because I, I was such a classical music head. So I think it was... Valdi four seasons yeah I think once I was able to play that it really since then uh, it it's probably since then so we're talking 12 13 um around there and I, I mean I haven't really looked back um I did a lot a lot of music in high school um you know. Singing, you know, you know, choral music, and you know, competing on a national level, um, playing in a in a handbell choir, which is such a different Wait, thing. But we, we were because
1: we've never talked about this. A handbell choir, a handbell choir. Why are you so late? We That's won nationals.
2: We won nationals, and we played for. Uh, we did a presidential inauguration. I don't even know when it was back in the early two thousands. Oh, um, so a handbell choir. Yeah, that was incredible. That was an incredible time. Um, so yeah. And then I got into college and it was, you know, I was missing, I was missing music. Uh, so I tried out for an acapella group, um, voice, I see voice string when I was up at Ithaca college and I got in and we did a lot of Said It was so cool. And then, you know, when I, after I left college after my sister passed, I, um, joined a band called blueprints of the heart and we did a lot a lot of shows a lot of playing a lot of, a lot of touring we toured europe um and you know that's when i really started to songwrite. write um, and then you know life happened and 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 i ended up you know writing my own music and assembled a group of guys and you know went through some different iterations but you know, now we've kinda landed here and we've been all over and we've been on TV and we've been just it's been a it's been a ride, but at, at its at the core of it all it's 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 all music. It's all really it's day. really been the the key driving factor in my life has always been music. It's my constant. Even before, you know, I had my daughter, it was just music was my constant. It was.
1: I see, so that's the thing that I think that we miss. Music is such a subtlety sometimes that we forget that life has a soundtrack. Yeah. And while you're talking, I was thinking about if you ever go back to the Forrest Gump movie and every season in his life, there's music playing through every time the season changes. And because we're so focused on the season, we don't n- notice the background music where my mind looks the other way. I heard the music first and then watched the movie. So it's like every season, like you said, every season I can remember, there was a song there, and a song that I memorized, and a song that that I played as loud as my speakers would go, and I played on repeat. You ever you ever played a CD so much that it burned through, so now uh. I can't use it. I had at least Couple. you know I had at least five CDs that I burned straight through because I played <laughs> it so much. I think my CD player stopped working because it was like. That's a Stan lyric. I just thought about that. When you when you just put the headphones on and melt away, when you just like I used to get on a city on a school bus, and I was the first person on the school bus, and no one knew what I was going through in my head. Like, bro, I don't want to be here. I don't, and I'm not talking about at school. I don't want to be physically present. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I'm just gonna put this on and let it rock. It's what six a.m. I don't get to school until. Almost near eight, so I'm the first person on the bus, back of the bus, listening the tracks over and over and over and over, and it happened in the best school, and the same thing in school. I'm I'm in the band, but you know we won a couple competitions. I can't read music to save my life, but I know where the music goes. I played uh, what the bass drum, the crash cymbals, and I was supposed to play the guitar, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> so I I couldn't read music to save my life. I remember at competition and. I had the sheet music out and i made it look good my instructor you know rest in peace mr Santinello, one of the most influential people in my life um he didn't care that i couldn't read he knew i knew where the crash goes i could like we were playing pirates of the caribbean i know where the crash goes i just don't know how to tell you on the paper where it goes that same competition we do something funny so the guy and the rest of the percussion guys i'm like listen we already won this can we have some fun they're like what I said we're gonna play Buster Rhymes, uh, touch it in the middle of this song. <laughs> we just gotta slow it down and we can freak, like, I was a senior, so they're not gonna tell me no. I'm like, bro, we're gonna play, we're gonna play Buster Rhymes. Just follow me. As soon as you hear me hit the bass drum, go with me. They was like, Mike, you're not really about to do this. I said, Why we won already? Like, we killed everybody here. Why not have fun? Doo, 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 doo. They was like, Oh, he's really playing. Let's follow him. And we made it seem as if it went to the part of the song because we didn't make it so abrasive that it clashed with the music. Yeah. My instructor's face is just like, you all all in trouble. But that was fire, though. Because mm-hmm. he was, what, 25 at the time? So he's like, yo, you guys are all in trouble. You're back on the bus. But that was fire. One That's of the most great. defining musical moments ever.
2: <laughs> it just, That's a good one, too.
1: Yo, it was so weird because, again, the ADHD, I'm not sitting still doing band practice. I got to find something to do. And it just, it reminds me that music has been something that can't be prescribed. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're ready to put you in all kinds of pills for all your kinds of your emotions and stuff. Music can't be prescribed. You fall into music. You, you walk past a coffee shop and you hear a song that you didn't know. Um, oh, I love this song. Lifehouse, You and Me.
2: Oh, man. I
1: love that song That's with my soul. But it was on Smallville. That's right. I was watching Smallville and I was like, what is that? LimeWire was a real thing at the time. we went on LimeWire. I got to find this track. And I was like, this is the greatest song I think I've heard in a long time. I need this.
2: God, I remember that episode, too. Yeah. That's <laughs> wild. That, that triggered, that triggered yeah. some nostalgic memories, man.
1: Yo, because that's how I would find music. I would find music based on where I was. My mom and yeah. dad get divorced, and my dad played Carl Thomas um, Wish I Never Met Her. Till the tape stopped working in the truck, and I'm like, "Yo, this dude's really." My dad wasn't a. Oh, my dad was a crier. He was a, a warhead, but you had to push him there. Yeah. So he's just riding around the streets of Hartford, rewinding the tape. And I wish I never met her uh, at all. And I'm like, "Oh, he's talking about my mom's. Wait, you wish you never met my mom? I wouldn't be here, sir. I'm focus. <laughs> but when you, when you caught a glimpse and look over at him, he's." Going through the motions, like damn, my shorty left me. I'm going through that, and it's all music. Yeah. There's no word. We didn't speak about anything. There's no words, just Carl Thomas in the background. i was like, say, yo, this is this is it. This is what music means. And then, then uh, to this day, my mom's on favorite and only favorite rap song, uh, "Dear Mama" by Tupac, hmm. and. Hmm. I, rem- I remember the year, bro. I kid you not, one of the most life-changing uh, travel experiences. I ended up going to St. Louis for my... I was in the fifth grade. I don't know what birthday that was. 10, 11, whatever. And my older cousin, Toya, puts me on to Tupac Shakur. I was like, who's Tupac? She's like, who's, like she had a moment. She's like, Who, what do you mean who's Tupac? She was in the back room, pulls out Tupac's greatest hits. And when I say my jaw hit the floor, what, uh, what's happening? Hit up. Hail Mary. Dear Mama. Uh, I ain't mad at you. Uh, hold, uh, keep keep your head up. There were so many tracks on that and it was a double disc. And I'm just like, on one side, I'm feeling like somebody cheated me. Why didn't no one tell me that pop was a lit? And the other side, I'm like, I don't think my mom's going to let me listen to this when we get home. But you
2: discovered it when you needed <clears throat> to. That's the thing about music.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It shows yeah. up when you need it to. Yeah. There's still stuff even now. I remember listening to your album, and I told myself I'm going to sit here because I fidget through albums. I'll I'll skip it because I, I want to know what the next song is. So I said, no, I'm not going to touch it. My wife hates it because I do it on movies, too. I, I'll speed the movie up because I'm getting bored. And I said, I'm going to sit through the album. I'm like, oh, my God. <clears throat> I said, yo, is he painting with music? Yes. That's the whole feeling I had the whole time. I felt like you were painting a picture with music. And then I got stuck. That's pretty much it.
2: That's cool. That's cool.
1: <clears throat> Good Lord. Yeah. That rainwater.
2: That rainwater try to take me out of here man I know I'm bad yeah. no you what,
1: did you order this right uh,
2: no I didn't we needed it you know
1: i almost died on the way up the stairs i'm like yeah okay um i don't have insurance for this i'm carrying all my most expensive equipment let's see what happens cuz if i fall i'm going to save the bag first <laughs> but i'm going to lay the bag on my chest and fall on my back first
2: uh break your back uh,
1: It's It's gonna grow back <laughs> you can't grow back my book. no like this is This, again, another dream. I remember getting an Apple G book. No one knows what that is. It's the size of a textbook. And (laughs) I filled it up with so much illegally downloaded music that it burned the hard drive and wouldn't turn back on. (laughs) Because there was these sites that had like underground cuts of music. This is where I find out about the roots. This is where I find out about Alpha Theory. This is where I find out about Common and his like Water for Chocolate. This is where I'm finding deep cuts of stuff that you don't normally hear. I downloaded at least 3,000 songs. The G-book almost imploded and then just stopped working.
2: It would get so hot.
1: Oh, yeah. And it was all metal casing. So And not this cool metal casing. It was like the, I literally made this out of tinfoil casing. So my thigh is getting (laughs) singed as I'm listening to music. (laughs) And I'm risking my family's (laughs) life because this outlet might blow at any second now. Because the brick to the G-book is like the size of the palm of your hand. But it's like, again, seasons come with music.
2: I do. And
1: I wish that if, if everyone had the opportunity to go back and think, develop your soundtrack for every crazy season in your life. What song hit it almost every decade? Some songs carry into decades from decade to decade. And then what's, oh man, I remember Bill Weathers Ain't No Sunshine.
2: I mean, I, that's one of my favorite songs. You yeah. literally play it every show.
1: You can't not play it. No. Then then Lenny Williams, because I love you. I just go blue in the face trying to catch that. Yeah. uh, Yo, and try to hold on to that last long note. I almost died one time in the car trying to hold on to that. I had to
2: catch my breath. Oh my God. (laughs) How's the old dude doing this? Man, that's a good classic. I think. So for me, like, it was always. There were three songs that. I, I've always either played or thought about, um, you know, other than other than "Ain't No Sunshine," but a Change gonna come. Oh. That's always Knowing always present.
1: That song, sick.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. I played it yesterday. That was fun. Oh. <laughs> um, Let it be by the Beatles. Oh, that's nice. Um, Let it be and Blackbird. So both of those. Mm. Blackbird's my favorite song. Of all um oh goodness i just had the last one in my head um i'm gonna hate myself for not uh that was a deep
1: statement favorite song of all time i don't think i i don't think i have the ability to pick one
2: yeah i don't i I don't know blackbird is always it's just always connected with me um because i think i think mccartney had written it um you know when the whole civil rights thing was going on. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it it's connected to that. I, I don't know if I'm misquoting that, but I'm uh I'm pretty sure that's where that came from. A lot of the a lot of the music from that time
1: mm-hmm.
2: has always connected with me um,
1: because it was such a it was such a sensitive time.
2: Yeah, so any
1: music that came out of that era was laced with passion and emotion and angst and issue. Like it had a lot to go with it.
2: Yeah, and, and like I said before at the beginning, I think, you know, music is. Music is like is like trauma in the DNA. It's it's a it's a it's a living thing, right. and I think, you know, you your your ancestral, uh, trauma, your ancestral connections, whether to music and dance and yeah. this that and the other, anything in that creative space, I think that really carries through lineage and, and will continue to. Um, blossomed in some form or, or fashion. Um, you do right. Yeah, so I think you know the music from that era, which connected with my with my grandfather, really has carried over into into my life. So you know, I always I always perform those songs. They're always they're always a so part they, of they, my yeah,
1: home. yeah. You said grandfather. I thought about my papa. He loved BB King. And I remember, you know, I wanted to find my own way to stuff, and somehow I was online wired. That dag online wired did mm. a lot <laughs> for me, except for the forty thousand trojans that put in my computer. Oh yeah, it did a lot for me. I ended up going to the Thrillers' Gone. and it was a it was a live uncut version. And I remember BB used to have a slide on his finger mm-hmm. so he could play a certain way, and. The way he would sing and play sounded to me the way the 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 bow looks on a cello. If I said that interesting. right. That's that's what my mind made it go to because it, it was so harmonious and he felt what he was saying. And then when he went to a guitar solo, mm. oh my god.
2: That's when he really talked.
1: I'm like, bro, what I don't know what happened to me just now, but he, he would just go to a place. That's the blues, man. Forget true, uh, that that was what music was supposed to be, correct? So he would just hit and just start going. And then that's why, if like, BB ever closed his eyes, the concert's over, so now the eyes are closed. And he's, and I'm like, okay, I want to know how to play the guitar now. Find Nickelback someday. <laughs> I get made fun of all the time because I love Nickelback. <laughs>
2: hey,
1: and that song, I don't even know what a song. Oh, uh, what's that show that he's going on, MTV? TRL.
2: Oh my god, it
1: was <laughs> on TRL one day, and I'm like. Something. Oh. Mom, can I have a guitar for my birthday? I still have my guitar for I got that birthday. No way. That's my baby. We, we go through a lot of issues. <laughs> we go through a lot of trauma. But the guitar is always with me. And I just remember... Dang, it triggered so many thoughts. Music has really been my best friend for as long as I can think. Yeah. And I always go back and start... Th- the first time I hear it, when Doves cry... The mm. first time I heard Purple Rain, the first time I heard Dirty Diana, uh, a lot of the first, I'm like, why do I even go to school? Why can't I just do this? Not that kids stay in school, not that I'm stay saying, not yet, yeah, stay in stay school. school. But when I heard certain things, I'm just like, yo, what is this?
2: It's transcendent. That's the it one. Is.
1: So we're, you know, we know how to go to the barbershop. We're, at, we're back there arguing. And someone brings up the, the conversation with Kanye. And I said, wait a minute, I'm, I'm forewarning everyone. I love Yay with my whole heart. Be careful what you say, because I will fist fight you over Kanye. <laughs> and they're looking at me, I'm like, no, I'm not laughing. I'm serious. I will fight you <laughs> over Ye. And we started talking about the difference between a uh, rapper, a composer, and an artist. And I said, "Yay starts on this side of the spectrum. He's an artist. Then you look at people like Pharrell. He's an artist. You look at people like, like uh, Prince. He's an artist. He encompasses the whole thing. Where then you have people who are like Dr. Dre. He's a composer. He does well to put stuff together. But I didn't really care for his lyricism. But his beats? Fire. Untouchable. But he also wasn't the full gambit artist. You weren't getting a bunch of artwork out of him. I'll never forget the interview. Kanye says, I'm Andy Warhol. I'm Walt Disney. And I thought he was tripping at first. I stopped and thought what he talked about. Andy Warhol was way, way beyond his time. When it came into to the artistry of things. Looking at Kanye from then to now, he wasn't wrong. And I'm like, that's, even if I don't play an instrument, or, you know, I, I think I can sing sometimes. I want to be that, though. I want to fully encompass my purpose to such a degree that it's synonymous with my name. You can't say, Kanye and it, it doesn't trigger a beat you heard or a song or a riff or a melody or some artwork that he did or somebody he worked with you can't yeah because his purpose is synonymous with his name that's what I in, anytime I introduce and in, in, you haven't been in the room when I introduce people to you I say your name as if it's one name. Like, but yeah my boy Austin James I say just like that they're like that's his that look like, that's his name just go with it And the joy I think they see on my face, they don't know what to do with because I get a kick out of people who do what they're made to do. Not people who pretend, do the (laughs) nine to five thing. I get so much joy. Like my mentor, she's a leader. That's just what she was supposed to do. I don't care. We're sitting at a dinner table. Vision's always just coming out. I was like, yo, she's in her bag. And I love it. Yeah. So when you find people who are doing what they're meant to do, it gives you a little hope. Like I may not have found it just yet, but I podcast and I do photography and I cook and, yeah. and all this. I, these are gifts that are leading to the purpose. I haven't found the purpose yet. So then I'm like, man, when I get to see people in a bag. I think it was either a wooden tap or it was at the brewery or one of these. I honestly scratch that. It was the wedding. Because I was supposed to be looking at my wife and I was listening to music the whole time.
2: <laughs> Sorry you know, about that. That was all your fault. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm, definitely so, I'm
1: the groom. I'm supposed to be paying attention. And I'm just like, she come, starts coming down the aisle and I can hear you in the cut. And I'm just like, he did exactly what I wanted him to do. And I never told him what the plan was. <laughs> That's what was supposed to happen. My cousin just texted me about you the other day. Yo, what's your boy that was over at, in, the, in the corner? I said, what corner? Uh, at the wedding, right. he was in the cut oh, Austin James. And I say, just like that, I respond just like that. I said, yeah, what about him? He's like, yo, I might need it for something. I'm like, just let me <laughs> know, bro. My way. Let me know, bro. <laughs> I, my way. I got you, no problem. <laughs> but it's like, it was astonishing. Because, like I said, I had full confidence. I told him, like, even if he doesn't know Shania Tony, which I'm pretty sure he does, I know he's going to figure it out. And if he doesn't figure it out, he's going to make it his own. Like My brother sings like Nobody's business. I give him the song um real love by Eric Benet to sing when we got married the first time. Yes, I've married my wife twice. Back off me. <laughs> so he <clears throat> he doesn't know the words. And I know he doesn't know the words. Other people don't know, <clears throat> but he doesn't know the words. I do. I was raised with him. I know him. I know you don't know a single word in this song. So he gets the mic background vocals come on, the music come on, and he just riffs and runs through the whole song with the words that he knows, which are real love. And that's it. Hey. And had the room jumping. That's what's up. But I know that you don't know the words. <clears throat> and that's when I'm like, yo, artistry is his bag too. The way he gets dressed, the way he puts things together, the colors and the combination and the contrast. And it doesn't seem like it's laborious for him. Because that's your bag, sir. You're an artist. Same thing with you. I watch you zip around here and plug stuff in and do stuff, and I'm like, I'd have been overwhelmed in the first six <laughs> seconds. And then I'm just like, this, I'm in the I'm in the inner courts of someone in their presence. Like I would pay to sit here all day and just let you do what you do. Like that's not that's not like a blowing smoke. I get so much joy. Out of going like to coffee shops, and knowing that other people are being creative around me, yeah. it makes me feel better. Even if I have nothing to write today, I can hear you typing. I can hear you humming. You're editing pictures. I can feel the creativity in the room. It's cathartic.
2: It is. You're in. You're in a creative. You're in a creative space, and it's creativity is supposed to be freeing, and it's supposed to be magnetic. Um, and, you know, even if I'm creating a song for myself, at the end of the day, this is going to be played for other people. Right. So it's never really for me.
1: But then you get to be selfish in the end, because it's mine. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I, it's, I it's literally, I, like,
1: it's Like you're kicking it. Yeah, chair.
2: that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. And that's a weird, that's a weird place to be, but it's, but it's, lit. it's dope, because, like, that's... Because
1: no matter how many times yeah. you put my track on repeat, it's still mine. Yeah. Like It's mine. I'm glad you love it. But it's mine.
2: It's mine. I made this. I created this. And what gives
1: it more of a vibe is that you love it. So now I feel even better about it. So I definitely put it out there and I was really excited that you're going to play music at the end of the episode, which is it's not for y'all. I'm going to be selfish. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) It is literally not for you. You guys are a casualty of my desire for music because it's literally for me. But the premise of why I didn't ask you to be on an episode is because I watch you from afar, right? Been my boy for a minute. We don't talk as much, but when we do, it's meaningful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I watch you all the time. You don't flinch. You are high integral when it comes to doing stuff and you ain't no punk, which I love. <laughs> y'all wouldn't know. And I'm not going to speak on it, but y'all wouldn't know the storms this man knows how to navigate. And you never, you never punk up, you show up and I was like, man, and then here's the part that gets me. You'll say something dope. Well, here's my tour dates here. We're going. And I'll text him. Yo, bro. he will be like, yo, bro. And I'm like, oh, he answered me. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it
1: sounds so dumb, but I'm a lover of people, especially when people get to triumph when the world thinks we shouldn't. Yeah. The first time I think I was in Rhode Island, oh, I was, yes, I was in Rhode Island in a pub, and I look up and there's a commercial playing. I say, Yo, that's my boy on the TV, and I got I'm at a business meeting and I stopped talking business and I'm grinning ear to ear. I'm like, That's my boy on the TV, and we're in a whole nother state. I think I messaged you, like, Yo, you got a commercial, bro? He was like, Yeah i'm like why are you so lit <clears throat> like, why are you this cool all the time come on you gotta give us some depth as matter of fact i want to hear the creative process because i know for me in order for me to write there's certain things i have to do so um for, you guys know me on this podcast i'm a preacher i have to preach tomorrow and my notes aren't ready because adhd people thrive under pressure so my notes will be ready at 11 46 tonight I'm writing my notes. I know I can't write my notes unless there's something playing in my ears and I can't hear anybody else. I'm comfortable, I'm fed, and I'm calm. Yeah. That's the beginning of my creative process. And then I have to listen to the internal voice. I can always write something that would appease the assignment or I can write my truth. I don't like faking it. What's so, the process?
2: Uh, I think for me, I mean... Uh, real basic level I, I like i need a i need a clean and clear workspace so i can't i can't work in clutter it's really hard for me to organize my thoughts um so definitely definitely having a, a clear area um and then uh, i mean it's 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 changed over the years everything used to be so intensely personal i mean that. It, which made sense because I mean I had gone through a lot of loss in a in a short amount of time, but also an extended amount of time as well. So everything was so hinged upon grief in that whole process. And I think once once I healed enough to um you know write beyond that, it was Writing about not just my experiences, but what I saw in the world and, and other people's stories. And and um, I was able to really have a more holistic approach to songwriting. And then where I'm at now in this current season is is a lot of collaborative writing, which has been incredible for me because, you know, I... I don't have all the talent. I don't have all the skills and all the words and all the music and all the answers. I need help. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been able to work with some incredible people and create songs that would, they wouldn't be at the level that they are. And I think that's, that's a, that's a natural trajectory for where, I want to be in my music career, you know, taking that next step and really being on that national and global stage. I think you need, you need collaborators um, to take you to that level and, um, you know, it was not that I've had issues with, you know, with, with being out front and, and, and proud and this, that, and the other. It's it's nothing to do with that. I think it was more just being hesitant to work with other people because of the intensely personal nature of my songwriting up until that point. But once I was just like, dude, I just, let me just do it. I just, I'm obsessed with it now. I love working with different people, whether it's out in Nashville or, or, or up here, or you know, with, with, with artists, you know, artist friends overseas, whether it's a zoom session or an in-person session uh, technology is pretty amazing now with that. Right. But, you know, pleasure. I get to, I get to collaborate in that way and, and and through that meet a lot of really amazing people, artists and writers alike. Um, so whenever I do go out and travel and you know tour and stuff, I can connect with these people in person and and it's just a it's a really it's become such a beautiful thing for me. Um, so that's you know the, the the new album that we're that we're working on. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, almost everyone is a co-ray. I mean, one of them was with one of my, my 13-year-old student who's a guitar. He's a guitar virtuoso. But we've been we've been doing voice lessons for about a year, which has turned into these really incredible songwriting um, sessions. Yeah. And he's played shows with me. And, and we're starting to really capture this cool chemistry. But, you know, people people poured into me when I was starting out and they've continued to. So it's important to me to be able to pour back into them. And my uncle, right. my uncle taught me to always pay it forward. So that's, that's really important for me. So I'm paying it forward. And he's not the only one. I have a couple other students that um, have played shows with me uh, you know, over the last, over the last couple of years. And, it's just, it's been incredible to see their growth too. And it's so satisfying. Um, and, and being able to write music with them. Mm-hmm. Like that's an incredible, that's a really incredible thing. That means your reach the- went full circle. Exactly.
1: That the teacher was teaching a student. And now the student is excelling at such a rate that you can now enjoy that space.
2: Correct. Yeah, I dig it. It's a, it's a, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be able to foster that. Um, and it feels good.
1: I'm pretty sure it does.
2: It feels really good. Um, so I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm just, I'm really thankful for the, for the journey and it hasn't always been easy. It's been hard. You get to get advantage of, you get stiffed, you get really beat down. Um,
1: I want to put a, a pin right there. Let me just, I want to look into the camera when I say this. Don't have Austin call me over one of y'all. I think there was a situation that he doesn't even know how ready I really was. He had posted something in the most calm and professional voice about something that happened, and I texted. I'm like, "Bro, what's good? What's going on?" He said, like, "Nothing, nope, man. You know." And he's still being so calm. I'm like, "No, no, you're you're doing all the talking that I don't need you to do. Tell me what happened." And I think that you had at least had some virtue to know. Maybe I shouldn't say that out loud. Don't. Because in my mind, this is how I, I behave about my community. It's not always about the blood that you have, but the blood that you share, yeah. if that makes sense. My family has never necessarily been kinsmen. It's people I run into that I know, oh, you're part of my tribe. Come on. You belong over here with us. And I, how my friends just say, I collect people in a family.
2: Mm-hmm. Your chosen always, family.
1: Yeah, always my chosen. I yes. randomly collect people. Come here. You're with us now. And it comes with a a, a uh, Tony Soprano type of protection where I'm just like, bro, don't have Austin call my phone because y'all mistreating my boy. Because I'm, <laughs> it's, yo, black tims and black hoodies. Like, let's not
2: do this. Black Air Force One Energy. You're, you're,
1: yo, listen, because I'm we coming got through. Like, I need an address and a person. And then throw this phone away. That's it. Because it to me, the one thing that bothers me the most is when we don't appreciate the opportunities that we're afforded. Every yeah. person you run into is an opportunity and not in a transactional sense, but everyone has something to give you, whether it's knowledge, love, wisdom, consideration, but we mistreat it because we see it through our broken perspective. And it bothers me because you never know what you're going to got out of that. Yeah. When people mishandle me, I'm like, bro, do you, do you know what kind of time I'm on? I give you anything. My wife would tell you I make friends out of nothing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because I love people. And I, yo, if I got it, you got it. What we doing? Let's go. I'm one of those types that you can literally just call me up. My, I need this. Yo, if I got it, let's do it. Simple simple enough because I believe in community. I believe that when I show up here, not that I am expecting anything, but when I show up here, the community shows up there. Yeah, I know there's people I can call now. Like something happened other day where. It almost got sticky and I knew who I could call. I called these two gentlemen. I said, yo, meet me here. No questions. They are like, we're on the way. Remember that 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 uh scene in the town? Ben Afford comes in and says, Yo, we gotta hurt some people, we can't talk about it. My man uh looks up, like, yo, whose car are we taking? That's the kind of vibe I'm on. Like, yeah. positive or negative. Yep. Whatever we gotta do, like let's. I believe in the goal of the collective. It's not just about me. If I'm great and I took no one with me, am I really that great? Am I really that great if I took no, out of all the people I met, I didn't, I didn't take anybody with me? That's crazy to think about, yeah. That's, you wasted your life. Yeah, And i have taking nobody with me over the course of, I've been writing poetry since I was 12. So 21 years of writing and my, my words have not affected anybody. And I'm not showing anybody an outlet or a means to do anything, then why am I writing? Yeah. What's the point? I've been an over talker my whole life. This is why I have a podcast. <laughs> but if, if my pod is not sparking conversation or giving something for people to think about, these microphones will be nothing. It's a waste of time at that point. Yeah. But I, I sincerely believe that community is how we make it. Even if you want to look at politics and society or whatever, community is how we make it. You don't have to be in agreement with everyone's everything. Yeah. But because you're a human, I got to let you live. I don't have to agree, but it's your right to live. So I got to let you rock. I can't impress upon you anything I want to do. Now, if you ask me, I'll tell you. Anybody who knows me, I don't go around Bible beating people. But if you ask me questions, I'll tell you. Yeah. Say less, all right. But I owe you the respect of a human to let you live. And whatever the course, whatever the journey is, let me help wherever I can. And then move out the way. But I definitely, I definitely, definitely, definitely think about community a lot.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, it's on my mind a lot. Because there's so many people out here that are lonely, and that are hurting, that are sad, and they really only just need someone not even to listen. Be in a room. I had a friend, she used to get really bad anxiety attacks and at one point because i do deal in uh, mental health for the last what 13 years i knew what to do technically if there's something dawned on me stop talking so one day she's going into real bad i went and i put her in her room tucked her in and tucked her in the car i laid on top of the covers i just laid there didn't say anything i just yeah. laid there and having someone present Ease anxiety. Mm-hmm. I didn't coach her. I wasn't trying to tell her what to do. Nothing. I didn't wasn't touching her. Just I laid there. And once you heard the, the breathing slow down, yeah. I'm like, yo, are you hungry? Yeah, I mean, I say, less, I'm in the kitchen, I'm burning the kitchen down. Yep. And I come in, feed the her, and then I leave. It was that simple to show up for somebody that may or may not pay it back. That's the hard part. The the part that, that used to really bother me. Is when people didn't show up for me, how I show up for them. But it's selfish, having the expectation of people is selfish. Yeah. Because if you're gonna do it, just do it without expecting. Now if they do show up; that's lit. If they don't, what was your motive? Yeah,
2: yeah. Presence is so understated, but it's really powerful. Um, And I think getting past that, the transactional nature of it, because that's. I mean, we're human. We're, we're gonna, human shows, you know, we're gonna want. Well, I should up for you. I want you to show it for me. Like, yeah. I get, I, I get that. You know, you want you. You know, we 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 want reciprocation. Um, That's we want, the word. We, we, yeah, action, we, we want we want people to. I think I posted something about it today. But you know, I've always wanted people to to pour back into me like I pour into them. I, you know, fact. I and I can't. I can't pour from an empty cup, I, I need something, even if it's just a drop, it's something drop. to satiate my it's thirst a in the desert of life, you know wow. what I'm saying, like, I just need Large. a little something, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm spending so much of that, uh, uh, of what I have in my cup on, on being a good father, on being a musician and, and, and a creative, and that takes a that takes a lot, it's always, you're always pouring. Always. I'm always pouring. I mean, it is a, it's, it's, a, it's a water hose. Literally. It's not being shut off. So, you know, I, 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 am, I am human and I do need that. Mm-hmm. I do need some of that. And that's okay. Um, I think where we run into trouble, like you said, is when you have these really rigid expectations. Right, right, You know, and I've kind of come to realize in my life, the way that I pour out, I'm probably not going to get that back the same.
1: And that's where the wisdom is. Some people are, we're, we're designed like this. yeah. And we gotta stop looking for people to be us, yeah. which is hard because is. innately, I just want you to do for me the way I rock for you. It's like a mirror. Yo, the other day, I maybe it was last week before last, I bottomed out. I realized that my cup was empty and I'm not talking about empty, I'm talking about bone dry. Empty. Yeah. And I hit a wall and I'm, I'm riding around. And the only thing I said to myself is if I didn't have kids, I might run this truck off the road. And I don't mind being, I can be honest in my mind. I'm driving around and I'm like, the fact that I care not enough or I care enough not to damage my child because this would scar her for life. Yeah. I'm going to keep driving forward and I'm going to try to calm down. But I realize for me, my abundance is so great that when I do bottom out, I've been hemorrhaging for a minute and I just now notice when it's too late. And I make an unfortunate habit of that that I realized too late when I bonded out. Yeah. And then I make poor decisions. Bad yeah. tattoos and angry conversations and, you know, excessive, poor behavior. And I'm like, man, that's because I was dry. And I don't like pulling on the same people as if it's um, their duty to fill me up.
2: Yeah.
1: It's not your duty to fill me up. It's your duty to be who you are. Now, we get into a space where it's harmonious. That's what I desire out of a relationship in general. Let it be harmonious. Where Me and my best friend, we've been best friends for about 16 years. And first of all, don't let Steve Harvey lie to you. You can be friends with the opposite sex and not have a problem. He is a liar. But we don't ask for anything. We just show up. Correct. It just happens the way it's supposed to happen. Those are relationships I want to foster where we're just showing up. I didn't have to ask you. I didn't have to text you. Yeah. You were just you happened to be there. Because that's what I do for people. I'll randomly text folks. Yo, you good? How would you know? I'm like, cause you're all my money. I love you. You yeah. you were close to me, so I thought
2: about it. <laughs> when you connect when you connect with people, that that energy is it's all it's it's a it's a real living thing. So it, it, that's where you that's where you have those moments that feel really uh Really stack is serendipitous in a way. Don't use out. my
1: words, bro. Oh,
2: not that, Nobody
1: uses that word but me because I love serendipity It's, it's a fortunate accident. I love when I first saw the movie, I didn't really care for the movie at first, but the word got me. Yeah. Serendipity being a fortunate accident.
2: It's incredible. It's, it's the dope. You know, there's 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 things that we mistake for being coincidences. And it's definitely it's not, not. It's not a coincidence. There's a there's ties that bind all of us together. Bro, Just some of them are more I don't
1: know how you found my menu. <laughs> and I think about it all the time. I don't know how you found my food. And I remember my young boy went in, and this is what got me. This is what I was like, I know this dude's a good dude. I sent my young boy out to come bring your food out here. And he was like, Mike, he gave me more money. I'm like, what are you talking about? He gave me more money. I'm like, is it a tip, young man? He's like, I guess so. You want me to bring it back to the house? I said, no, your night's over. You delivered your food, keep the money, have a great day. And I was like, oh, that's nice, Daddy Tip. <laughs> and I never thought, actually, I just thought about just now, how did you find my menu? What? I don't know how the pieces got together. And I'm then sick. after that, it was just like, I would like your stuff. I would see you like my stuff. And then we would just it would just show up and happen. But like you said. There's no accidents to anything. I don't believe in accidents, and even those that are accidents, they're serendipitous because they benefited me. That it was an accident. I just happened to be here when this happened. I just happened to be working here when this person needed me. I don't. I believe all our steps are orchestrated, but I think that because we go through so much trauma and stuff in life, we miss the blueprint. Yeah, because the blueprint is not hidden. We just don't see it because we got so much going on. If you slow down, you be like, yo. Oh. <sighs> Let me appreciate this relationship just a little bit more. Even the messed up ones. Like I said, I married my wife twice. We were cool after year two of divorce. And I was like, okay, this is still the homie. She's still funny. It's still, you know, cool to kick it with. We just kick it all the time. And I'm fine with that. And I think it's because I, I learned to appreciate things for what they are and not what I hope they'd be. Because what they say, the hope deferred makes the heart sick. Because I have expectations. It's making this thing bad. Well, I could just take it for what it is. Yeah. And if it's not what I want it to be, I don't believe in glass half full or glass empty. I believe in the glass. Yeah. The glass exists whether or not you feel it. It is what it is. It sounds negative, but hey, it is yeah. what it is.
2: But, hey, you go through different seasons and chapters in your life. So, you, you know, the person that you were when you were first with her, you're not that same person That's... anymore. So it's, you know.
1: Plus, I was out here glowing during the pandemic. Boy, I, my hair had grew, Oof. my skin had cleared up. I was with a personal trainer outside. Remember that summer was hot in a mug. It
2: was so. Hot.
1: I was out here glistening. I had to get her. You know, she seen. She's you know, she seen the mm-hmm. kid. You know, and then that was nice. when she started seeing. I I use it as a uh, a dust off the shoulder card when I had you pull up for the wedding because she sings and hears a perfect pitch, so she's very particular. And then my brother in law great musician so they're particular about music i say y'all y'all cool or whatever but i got awesome james y'all don't know what i'm packing so then when you had showed up and you show up so unassuming you showed up with a keyboard i think guitar and a one speaker and you you propped yourself in the corner and you waited for the cue even my bachelor's was like oh who's a little dude in the corner i'm like that's my man like he's like that yeah he's like that That, that. i use it as like a, a i got these connections because my life is so random, bro. Wait till you see season four. My life is so random. <laughs> I meet such great people accidentally. Yeah. And because I'm authentic, and I, this is a note that I wish more people would take, just be what and who you are. Even the, the, how clean were good, bad, and ugly. Just be what you are. Yeah. People will decipher you the way they need to. But when you put up a front, and you try to fake something, you miss the opportunity of someone appreciating your authenticity.
2: Yeah, and and you may you may connect initially, but you know what did they connect gonna, to? Yeah, exactly. It's gonna it's gonna fizzle out and you're gonna the, lose people. And
1: then be like, wait, life. so this is what you're really like? Oh man, I don't, don't want do to what happened to the dude at the bar. Like, it's yeah. the charisma. You're here being depressive and just reading. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so I tell people I'm a bag of wet cats. You gotta pick what day it is and run with the my closest friends No, Don't ever expect me to be one way. Hmm. I'll always be loving, but never expect me to show up how you first met me. Because yeah. we don't know what today is. This happens That's to be great. a creative day. Listen, so I, I definitely you got lucky because I was gonna spring a uh, song association game on you. But my producer tells me that I need to keep my episode less than a certain amount of time. Okay. So it's showtime. It's right,
2: showtime. This right.
1: is like I told y'all, this is not for you. This is for me. You just get to enjoy it. The musical stylings of the one and only Austin James.
2: Let's see, what's an appropriate one? Okay, so yeah, yeah, you know, you know me and my whole message, you know, mental health, that, and the other. But um, you know, this one's this one, you know, I, I don't really talk about what my songs are about because I want people to formulate their own thoughts about them. But this one in particular was is is important because you know. We have talked about community and, and needing to lean on people, um, especially when your cup is empty. And, and that's really what this one is about. And um, this one's called All Fall Down. And it is on um, our 2021 release called Colors and Changes, which is on Spotify and iTunes.
1: My personal playlist. <laughs> but
2: yeah, but, but the plug.
3: built them twice as tall You to away All of my walls Stood there long after They all came down They all came down They all came down they all came down, they all came down. We gotta find our way through another typical story where we are found down not this time around, not this time around. The sickness took over And our lives fell apart My feet were so shaken Till it all came down When the bad days were endless And it came to a stop You heard all my doubts and then help me to crawl 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 crawl. we gotta find our way through another typical story where we are fall down Not this time around Not this time around Not this time around Not this time around Not this time around, around. around. Cause I know this time around Not this time
0: around
1: So I guess I know what I'm listening to on the way home. (laughs) Because as he said, shameless plug, we definitely have the album on Spotify, Apple. Uh, I will send you the link if you need me to. The link will probably be somewhere. Um, I was trying to do it quick because I'm sitting here. Remember that I probably should have made <laughs> a nice little uh, um, thing thing at the bottom to tell you where his music was. But I'm, I'm a little stuck now because <laughs> words don't make sense anymore. Because, boy, that was good. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you all coming to share in this conversation with me and my brother Austin. And I want you to take this away as we talked about so many different aspects that community is necessary. That the collaborative effort, as Austin shared, matters in the longevity of who we are and the purpose that we have as people. We cannot go this journey alone. We have to find, even if it's a unique tribe, as I call my island of misfit toys, you have to find those that will collaborate towards your purpose. If you want to leave me with, bro?
2: Remember to breathe? That's a fact. And always remember that it gets better.
1: He said, always remember that it gets better. Man, you just keep coming with the bangers, huh? All right. Listen, as always, I love you all. This has been another episode of Cutting Board. And we are out. Peace. Yeah. Hey.